You may not be familiar with the rapper Pusha T, but trust me, you know his work. This week on the internet says it's true. Welcome to the internet says it's true, where every week we learn something that sounds made up but is really true. Part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. This is episode 174. Happy New Year to everyone and happy new season. The seasons on this podcast are, by the way, completely arbitrary. So welcome to season seven. It's exactly like season six. Uh, Today's guest is fresh off a debut performance on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon last week. So stay tuned for that. Also, I wanted to note that the audio is a little wonky for the interview. It's not that bad if you remember what Zoom meetings were like, but my studio is currently having some issues due to some upgrades and I don't have everything quite right yet. So you'll hear our guest's audio cut out a couple times. Nothing awful. Are you doing any New Year's revolution? Revolutions? Resolutions. You doing any resolutions? If so, uh, how did they go for the first week? For me, I never really make any, but this year I'm going to try to make an effort to get out more with my camera. Wildlife photography is a somewhat new passion of mine. I got into it a few years ago, around the same time I started this show, and since then I've had trouble making time for it. So I'm asking you to hold me to account. If you don't see more bird pictures on my social media, ask me to take more. Social pressure always helps. Uh, Anyway, I want to do the same for you. So if you have some sort of resolution, let me know. I will help hold you accountable. So in a month or two, I'll I'll comment on your social media. I'll be like, looks like you haven't been hitting the gym like you said. I I won't do that. But whatever it is, I want to help. Uh, There are no new Tizzlers this week, but now that we're back to a normal schedule, I want to remind you that by becoming a Tizzler, you get access to episodes usually early and always ad-free. If you're one of the folks who likes skipping the ads, Patreon gives you an RSS feed of the show without any ads. Uh, Also, it's the spot to go to if you want to watch the guest videos like this week's interview with Mario the Maker Magician. You can join at patreon.com slash Michael Kent for as little as $1 a month. That is absolutely nothing, if you ask me. Uh, And for the value of the content and stories you get from the show, and the more you pledge, the more bonuses you get. Um, you know, I'll send you stuff in the mail regardless. So once again, that's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. I am once again asking for your financial support. So this week's story is one that I've been reading about for a couple weeks. It's a somewhat recent story, and it's a pretty fun one. So without further ado, let's get on with it. <clears throat> let's get on with it. It's always fun to learn when an artist wrote a song and you had no idea. For instance, if you've heard the Kelly Clarkson hit Breakaway. That wasn't written by Kelly Clarkson. It reached number 10 on Billboard's Hot 100 and was on the top 100 list for 46 weeks. And it was written by angsty Canadian rocker Avril Lavigne. Uh, Then there's the CeeLo Green song, Forget You, you may know it by an alternate title, was actually written by Bruno Mars. Uh, The artist Sia made her name writing songs for lots of other famous performers, including, uh, let's see, Pretty Hurts by Beyonce, many other songs by Katy Perry, Britney Spears, Kylie Minogue, Maroon 5, tons of others. A Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus, that was written by British pop star Jessie J. But then there are some more unusual musical authors. In 1994, the Sonic the Hedgehog video game franchise released the third version of the game, Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles. And if you listen to some of the music from the game, it has this distinctive feel and sound. And that's because it was originally composed by none other than the king of pop, Michael Jackson. 
He had been a huge fan of the Sonic games and he asked to be involved. Whether or not Michael's music is what appears in the game is up for debate. Some sources say that Michael wasn't happy with the Sega Genesis audio quality, which I think was, was that 16-bit, maybe 32? I think a 16-bit audio quality. He didn't want his name attached to it when he heard it. Uh, so Michael goes uncredited for the contribution, which had to be slightly reworked by other artists working with Sega. But if you listen to the music, especially on levels two and three of the game, you can definitely hear Jackson's influence. Several TV jingles have been written by famous musicians. The NBA theme for NBC Round Ball Rock was famously written by John Tesh. And personally, I can't hear it without thinking of the SNL sketch with uh, Jason Sudeikis and Tim Robinson. Three, four. Barry Manilow has written a ton of TV jingles. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That was his. Or stuck on Band-Aid, cause Band-Aid stuck on me. Also, Barry Manilow. Uh, Randy Newman wrote a jingle for Dr. Pepper and then it was performed by blues legend Muddy Waters. But for now, we're gonna talk about one very famous jingle. Before we do that, let's talk about Pusha T. Born Terrence LeVar Thornton, Pusha T became famous as one half of the hip-hop duo Clips, which was Pusha T and his brother, who goes by No Malice. He was signed by Kanye West for Def Jam and was featured on one of West's singles, which rose to number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. He then went on to produce three solo albums, which all performed well. He had hit songs like MFTR and Nostalgia in 2014. The biggest rappers in the game broke, voila. They say it's hate, but it's these well-dressed snakes that learn to walk on the concrete. I just saw it and spoke to it. Yeah, you ain't know you got coached through it. So this hardcore rapper, I'm not even sure what a hardcore rapper means. This rapper, he wrote lyrics like, Young enough to still sell dope, but old enough that I knows better. When they saying it's 42 for that white powder, I listen, I know that it's stupid coming out of my mouth. Uh, anyway, he, he raps about selling dope. He says, who don't want to sell dope forever and flood their rolly till the bezel break? Um, and that's what makes it surprising that he also claims credit for a song that maybe you're more familiar with. We'll talk about it after a quick break from our sponsors. You're going to like this one. It's a new podcast called Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. It's a show hosted by comedians Shane Rogers and Duncan McEwen, and each episode covers a new listener-selected topics. And topics are chosen by polls. They have an active Discord where people suggest new topics. The show has covered a wide range of subjects, from pirates to cults to fad diets, all from a lighthearted and comedic perspective. It sounds like a great fit for the listeners of this show. So after you listen to this one, go over, listen to Midnight Facts for Insomniacs. That's available wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. 
You can sign up today at patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That's patreon.com slash Michael Kent. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code INTERNET. Go to the internet says it's true.com slash deals for the link. So if you look up the origin story for the McDonald's I'm Loving It jingle, you'll see a very famous name attached, and that's because the original version of the jingle was released as a full-out Justin Timberlake single called I'm Lovin' It. Here's a clip from the actual song. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, some of this stuff might get trimmed out for, you know, reasons. Uh, but these are easily Googleable. Justin Timberlake received a reported $6 million from McDonald's to sing the track, which was based on an earlier campaign used in Germany. Writing credit for the jingle is given to Pharrell Williams, Tom Batty, Franco Tortora, and Andreas Forberger. And it became much more than a fast food jingle for McDonald's. It actually charted in the top 20 in Greece, Ireland, and the Netherlands. The Timberlake I'm Loving It song was released in November of 2003. And you know this, the I'm Loving It campaign has been huge. McDonald's spends something like $1.37 billion a year on the campaign. It's one of the most recognizable slogans of any corporation in any country. So 13 years later, Pusha T is on a music podcast called Drink Champs, and he's asked about a tweet where he made a claim about co-writing the I'm Loving It jingle. Yeah. I'm loving it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was your joint? Yeah. I'm oh, loving man. it. So, yeah. I'm good at my job. I don't know if y'all know, man. I don't know if y'all know. I don't know if y'all just realizing that now. Yeah. But you wrote, I'm loving it. Yeah, man. I'm loving it. That I must have been L, though. Let me be honest check, with you. No? I took a super L. What you got? What you got? What you got? Just up front? No yeah. publishing? Just up front. Oh! oh half a man. Yeah. half a man. Yeah, but, oh, I thought at least you got half a man. Yeah, no, 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 no. But it still was like, nah, it been, when you that, think about that it. That would have been crazy. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but just. But we ain't going to tell nobody that. We're gonna, say, we're gonna say every no, time. No, 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 no. I want people to know because they they need to understand. Shout out Steve Stout. He gave right. me. The, Ooh, I saw the check Steve and Stout. I was like, ah oh, man, ah great. And did, you so, know, so it happened on. early. Hold on. So you wrote the slogan or you wrote the rhyme and in the, in the, the, the rhyme the, it was the rhyme, yeah. yeah. So Pusha T claims that he was paid a million dollars for co-writing the jingle and doesn't have any publishing rights. Pretty quickly, this claim was disputed by the writers uh, Botoy and Tortora. They said they created the jingle in Germany without any help from Pusha T or no malice. Even the guy who was working as the sound engineer to record the jingle claims that there were no big names associated with the writing. That man, Danny Saber, also claims the whole thing started with these little-known German writers. Here's what we can prove. We know that Pusha T has a beef with Ronald McDonald, pardon the pun, because in 2003, he and his brother, No Malice, wrote a diss track 
slamming McDonald's. That's right, there is an official Pusha T McDonald's diss track. It's called Spicy Fish Diss, and it mostly attacks the McDonald's filet of fish sandwich. It was produced in collaboration with Arby's. So he was mad enough at McDonald's to slam them in a song. Here's a bit of that. I'm the reason the whole world love it. Now I gotta crush it. Filet fishes. Then you should be disgusted. How dare you sell a square fish asking us to trust it? A half slice of cheese. Mickey D's on a budget. Arby's crispy fish is simply it. He then came back for round two called Rib Roast, which was another McDonald's disc, this time aimed at the McRib and again with the support of Arby's. In the song, Pusha T raps over a beat that was created for the song Burial by Yogi. Uh, and here is that Burial by Yogi track. Hold up, this the game that shows us. Pioneer started on my corner like the cold crush. Had smokers. So that's the beat they used for the rib roast diss track. And if that beat sounds familiar, it's because Arby's liked it so much they continued to use it as their theme song. Arby's, two for seven bucks. Every day, Arby's crispy classic chicken sandwich. And because of that, because Pusha T got mad at McDonald's, partnered with Arby's, and wrote a diss track using this song every time Arby's runs an ad, Pusha T gets a royalty check for something like 40%. To get back is real. I, I also own 40% of the Arby's commercial. Ooh. So be clear. The recent Arby's commercial. Re what, when you hear that, that guitar strum, beat. when you hear that guitar strum, smile. So the fact that Pusha T was mad enough about McDonald's to write a diss track has to come from somewhere, right? So to me, that seems to be evidence that he's telling the truth about the McDonald's song. He claims the million dollar check was written by Steve Stout, the music industry marketing executive who is the guy that introduced Justin Timberlake to McDonald's. So a radio station, Hot 97, reached out to Stout and he confirmed that Pusha T indeed helped to write the jingle and was paid a one-time sum for the writing. And then there's the fact that No Malice and Pusha T were working under Pharrell Williams' company at the time. So that's something else that speaks toward Pusha T and No Malice being co-writers. Now we can't prove for sure whether or not Pusha T wrote the McDonald's jingle. He won't talk about it anymore. But the evidence is there. And so for me, it's enough to say yes. The internet says it's true. And I'm loving it. And we have the meats. It's time for Yap Yap with me and a friend. And this week we're calling my friend Mario, the maker magician. Mario is fresh off his New York City off-Broadway run, a show that was frequented by tons of celebrities like Jason Sudeikis, David Blaine, many more. He was just featured on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. I am proud to call him my friend. What is up, Mario? Dude, what is up? I'm such a big fan. I'm so happy to be here, dude. <laughs> I, it's cool to talk to you again. I had, last time we talked was probably when I had you on my other show on the on the Joke Story Trick Show three years ago, four years ago almost. It feels so long ago. It's, it was like a different world, man. It was crazy. It was. And, and uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's cliche, but like, I follow everything you do online. Um, and so I've gotten to see like the excitement that has been this this show. Um, how did this come about? First of all, tell tell folks what was the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's called Mario the Maker Magician. It's our it was our first off Broadway debut. We uh, we travel um, mostly across the country doing um, a theater show and school assemblies. You know, so it's like it's geared towards family entertainment. And uh, so we did Edinburgh Fringe in August. 
which was huge. You know, that was like yeah, a big that's, thing. That's like the, one of the biggest ones, right? Oh my God, it was so amazing. Like I could talk about it for hours, but it was just this beautiful thing because you meet so many performers there that are all having the same dream, you know, to just yeah. go scene. And so what was cool is that we got validated there. We got our first public reviews of the show and it helped give us this foundation. And uh, we are originally from New York. But I always, it was just funny, man, because it's like, I got to go to Scotland to get a show in New York. <laughs> I live in New York, you know? Yeah. So, long story short is uh, we did a 32 show run at the Soho Playhouse in Manhattan. And, uh, and my wife, Katie, you know, was co-production with Soho Playhouse, but my wife, Katie, pretty much produced the whole show. Like, you Amazing. know, it was insane, dude. It was complete insanity. Like just learning, like watching Katie with the analytics and the Facebook ads and understanding like what's working, what's not with ticket sales and, and just the PR stuff. And, uh, but what was beautiful is, uh, the show is a word of mouth show. You know, it's like, I don't have my own TV show or anything. It's like, you know, you come to the show, if you enjoy it, you tell somebody. And so that's helped us. And, uh, we just feel really lucky, man. It was, it, it just ended on Saturday. So just I saw that yeah. and, and I was looking at it. I mean, you sold out most nights if not every, every time i mean it was just always sold out on your calendar you know and look this comes from 12 years of like kids birthday parties in brooklyn <laughs> we built the foundation here years ago you know and we were yeah. just like having our fingers crossed doing this where we're like oh my god do they remember us like is there still a so it was really funny michael because like there was a couple of times when there were family would come in and there'd be like this like 17 year old like teenager guy like and it's like, you did my birthday 10 years ago. Like, oh my God. I love it. I love it. I've had that same experience with performing in colleges, you know, because like yeah. back when I started doing colleges, people would add you on Facebook. That right. was like a normal thing to do. It's not a normal thing to do now, but it was then. And so now like someone will comment on something. I'll be like, how do I know this person? And it's literally, yeah, 20 years ago, you performed at my college. And now I have three kids and I'm a, you know, I'm a grandfather and whatever else. Like it's, it's nuts, man. And, and, uh, such a fan just, then watching you like uh, from the behind the scenes, like oh, you thanks, in the colleges, like it was like insane, man. It was insane. Th thank yeah. you. I'm, I'm kind of amazed that it's still going on. Uh, it's crazy that this was a, the colleges kind of came back this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was which was cool. And, you know, you're talking about like getting uh, recognized and, and getting what was the word you used validated in in Scotland. Yeah. You were validated here, just not for maybe not for, you know, what set you up to do this off, off Broadway run. But like we all yeah. know we all knew yeah. that you were doing something amazing. I mean, we've seen the work that you do. Um, if you're not familiar, I, you have to just see it. You have to go and just search for Mario the Maker Magician uh, wherever you watch videos, you will see some of the stuff. It's unlike anything else anyone is doing. Um, and and every magician I know is like the biggest fan of yours, so. Oh, it's awesome, man. You know, I, I always say like, I just, I basically just drop things and pick things up for 45 minutes, but it's awesome. It's all robots, it's all homemade. And, you know, it's my whole life in one hour. You know, we've been working on the show for 16 years, you know, yeah. like that's what I used to say, like every time we had our VIP audience sitting and like, that's how I ended the session. I always be like, it's taken me 16 years to get on this stage, you know? And I mean, every word of that, you know how it is, Michael, you're the same way. It's like, we hustle, hustle, hustle. And then you get these moments where like, you know, you can take a breath, you know? Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, the topic of the show has nothing to do with any of this. Uh, <laughs> that's just kind of the way it goes here. 
But uh, for this first question, we're going to play for a joke. So if you get it wrong, you've got to tell me a joke. But if you get it right, I will tell you a joke. Okay. And it can be a stupid joke. doesn't have to be a good joke. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Here, here's your question. It's multiple choice. You'll get three uh, choices uh, for your multiple choice. So here's your question. The Why rapper... Why am I nervous? Okay. Yeah, I know. None of this matters. So you don't have any reason to be nervous. Like literally none of this matters for anything. Um, the worst case that can happen here is that you have to tell me a joke. It's true. And maybe you're nervous because the joke isn't good. I don't know. I'm, pretty terrible joke. I'm just going to tell you. But go ahead. <laughs> the rapper Pusha T claims credit for which one of these things? A, being the youngest rapper to win a Grammy. B, being the writer of the McDonald's I'm loving it jingle or C being the first person to rhyme unravel flannel with travel channel. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to go with C. I don't know. This is just a gut thing. I don't know. Am I totally wrong? The answer is B. He earns credit for writing the I'm loving it for McDonald's. And it has been disputed, but there's pretty good uh, evidence that he was partly responsible. He and his brother claimed that they wrote and they were paid a million dollars for the for the I'm loving it jingle, which was then recorded by by Justin Timberlake and who was paid a lot more money. Oh, my gosh. But the funny thing about the story is that it led to this beef between Pusha T and McDonald's, who he claimed didn't pay them enough. And he ended up signing this deal with Arby's where he, he wrote diss tracks, dissing McDonald's and promoting Arby's. And because of that, one of the background tracks to this Arby's track, the background beat is the Arby's theme song that they use in their commercials now. So every time Arby's runs an ad, Pusha T gets a royalty check. That is crazy cool. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? And it's like, a, a you know, this hardcore rapper that's kind of obscure. So. I love it. Okay, so you got it wrong. Do you have a joke for me? Knock, knock. Who's there? Nobody. Oh, that was a, <laughs> a lonely joke. I told you, didn't even, you didn't even say nobody who. You didn't even, you just knew already. <laughs> I thought that that was just the end of the joke. Should I say nobody who? Is there anything else? It's just terrible. I told you. I better get the next question right. <laughs> I did. I'll find one. I, I I did find a joke, so I'll tell you anyway. Even though even though I don't have to. Uh, how many McDonald's workers does it take to change a light bulb? Oh damn! How many? None, because they can't climb the ladder. Oh god! See, I liked that joke because it had like a social commentary to it. Crazy. Can't claim the uh, climb ladder. Okay. Question two for this next gen, uh, next question. We're gonna play for changing our Facebook profile picture to the podcast logo for one day. So if you get it wrong, you've got to change your profile picture to the podcast logo for one day. And you're a very, very well-known person. I'll be happy for half a day, Mario. I, I'd be happy for half a day. So here's your question. My profile pic is getting changed, Katie. All right. <laughs> Pusha T gets paid every time Arby's plays its theme song. Who famously says the line, we have the meats, in the Arby's commercials? Is it A, Ving Rhames, B, James Earl Jones, or C, Sam Elliott? Oh, dude. I know that voice. Yeah, it's it's a deep voice. All, all three of these men have deep voices. Who is, have who the is B? What's that? 
Who was it? Who did oh, you say? Uh, B, B was James Earl Jones. So oh, the answer is either Ving yes. Rhames, James Earl Jones, or Sam Elliott. Come on, it's got to be. It's got to be B. Many people think it's B, but it actually is A, Ving Rhames. Baby, I got to change the profile pick. <laughs> he's yelling to his wife off screen uh who does his his managing and his I feel like, an old media. Grandpa. like i'm talking to my italian <laughs> i love it Mamma mia! we gotta change the profile pic <laughs> uh yeah so ving rames has been the voice of rb since 2004 no word on how much he gets paid for the commercials but get this um people with money magazine mm-hmm. named him the highest paid actor in the world uh, he got paid $7.7 million just for appearing in three minutes of Mission Impossible. He made $75 million last year. And in related news, there's apparently a magazine called People With Money. <laughs> I didn't, I've never heard of that. So I don't know if that's legit. But, oh, my gosh. I but love get it. Into People With Money magazine. Apparently, you have to have money. Um, so I want to talk about uh, something super exciting that happened uh, near the end of your run a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, last week, you were on... Jimmy Fallon. You were on the, the the Tonight Show. I can't believe it. Like, just even, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. The Tonight Show. Like, there's one Tonight Show and you were on it. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, uh, uh, yeah. It's amazing, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's so incredible. I watched your spot. It was so much of what you are, which is filled with uh, fun and excitement. Uh, they brought in kids. Did they bring in kids or did you bring in kids? How did that work? Yeah, like I just that was like my favorite part, because like, you know, a big part of my character like relies on a certain age range too. like, you know, it's adults and kids. And they they were like, they're like, let's bring kids. They did a casting call and we got like kids there. And uh, and it was crazy because like during the rehearsal, like, you know, all the parents of these kids are sitting in the audience and their audience is not there yet. And, you know, and all the kids are slowly walking, you know, to where they got to sit at this carpet. And like, and they're so nervous, you know, yeah. like I've been told, like, you know, just stay still. And then I'm looking at them like, they have, you have no idea. We're going to be screaming our heads off for five minutes straight, you know, yeah. we're just like, don't worry. Like, it's going to be so much fun. And, and it was just so fun watching them, you know, just slowly break character and just start screaming and pulling things when they're not supposed to. And, uh, and so it was really cool. And I just. Like Jimmy's so cool that he just knew like this is my heart. This is what we do is inspire kids, and uh, and he's like, then bring kids, you know, because I know that was a stretch, you know, and that was so cool they did that. It was it was very cool. It was fitting. It made sense. My question, okay, so you you finished your set. All the kids have yelled. You yell. You end it. It goes. Jimmy throws to commercial. He says your name, and then he goes to commercial. How did you feel at that moment when you knew it was done? <laughs> um well I don't know if it's because I'm from New York too you know and I don't know if it's because you know it's just uh yeah it's <laughs> it felt good you know it felt good yeah. and it's just been a long road you know it's just been a really long road and you know someone like me who represents children's magic and children's entertainment the idea that that was even possible for me to have a chance to be on that stage where there's so many yeah. heroes that stood at those spots that I got to bring 15 kids and just be like, hey, like this is this small part of the industry that, oh, my God, maybe has some value for the world, you know? And so it, that was really cool, you know? Did it sink in at that moment when you had finished? Did it sink in how many people were were going to watch what you just shot? <laughs> I think my nerves were high, but you know when it sunk in? When I walked back 
to the dressing room and I opened the door. My daughter Gigi gave me this huge hug, and I was like, "Holy!" I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, this is it. Like, my kids got to sit in this dressing room all day and get gifts every couple hours. The door would knock. They'd bring (laughs) gifts. Like, just the idea that that's in their core memory was probably my favorite part of the whole experience. You know, Um, uh, but you know, like. It's things like this, you know, too, Michael, it's just this high, you know, and then, the, you know, you know, it's and then it's just back down and it's OK. You, you know, walk you get- outside and it's it's New York again. It's- <laughs> exactly. Like, get out of here. You know, but yeah. I mean, but that's the beautiful thing is that it's on record. It's so cool. Look, check this out. I, they gave me on my way out. They gave me the cue cards. I, you posted pictures of the. Yeah, I got to frame them because it's like this is so crazy, you know, like it's it's crazy. So. It's it, it's a what an awesome awesome memento now uh and and have you been able to share with your kids like the you know like Johnny Carson and and Jay Leno and like the history of what you did of yeah what, we, what happened before you yeah I I mean we tease it a little bit you know trying to show her old videos of George Carl and uh and like uh you know these you know all these performers that performed on that stage that I that I was inspired by but um but yeah no it was cool man you know it just uh. It's hard, you know, because the run ended on sun- Saturday, you know, yeah. and now we leave on Sunday to go south. And uh, it's just tough, you know, because you just get to know everybody at the Soho Playhouse and it becomes like a family and you just get used to the rhythm, like ordering lunch and just sitting and laying down on the stage and just waiting three hours till the next show. And yeah. and like that's life, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. you just you just enjoy every moment of those good moments you trap them into your heart and you just carry them right and so like and it'll be fun there'll be other moments too you know so sure. but yeah, it's definitely tough you know how it is like yeah. when you have a great run you know and you you know so we're adjusting you know yeah absolutely man well uh for this next question we always play for a show sticker so we've got these uh the internet says it's true show stickers and if you get this one right you'll get a sticker in 1995 Carl's Jr. launched a new ad campaign with a strange slogan. Which one of these was the slogan? Again, there's no way you would know this. There's no way anyone would know this. But one of these is an actual slogan used by Carl's Jr. in 1995. Okay. A is, uh, if it doesn't get all over the place, it doesn't belong in your face. Okay, so that's A. B, what else are you going to eat? Okay, that's B. is have you seen these burgers one of those is real one of those is an actual ad campaign it's either if it doesn't get all over the place it doesn't belong in your face what else are you gonna eat and have you seen these burgers i'm going with a hands down if that's not it i'm gonna be really pissed the answer is a you got it right yes. you get a sticker yeah. we the digital competitor yeah. <laughs> that's great apparently the ads prompted a a minor backlash from consumers who who thought that you know messy wasn't the way to to sell food so what did carl's jr ad execs do they made another ad that said if you don't like commercials about big drippy burgers watch pbs they literally said that on a on a radio ad i love it so it was kind of yeah carl's jr in your face and all over the place so (laughs) (laughs) that's great Uh, I like the the stakes for this next one, Mario. Uh, We're going to play for an admission of the best thing that's happened to us this week. So if you get it wrong, you got to tell me the best thing that's happened to you this week. Sounds kind of counterintuitive. If you get it right, I'll tell you the best thing that happened to me this week. Okay, cool. All right. So you just finished this off-Broadway run in New York City. 
Burger King made news on Broadway in New York City in the 1990s when it introduced which one of these bonuses with the purchase of a meal. So was it A, when you bought a meal, you get a free map of New York celebrity sites. Okay. B, when you buy a meal, you get access to an internet cafe inside the restaurant. Or C, you get a special crown made of actual brass instead of the normal cardboard crown that they had. Wow. Yeah. That's fancy. Um, uh, come on, Mike. What am I going to go with? I, I, I would go. All right, I'm going to play it safe. I'll go with B. You the get answer. It. Like, oh, yeah. The answer is B. Uh, yeah. Internet cafe. Yeah. So Burger King, located on Broadway in New York City, allowed customers to surf the web on one of its 20 PC computers only if they purchased a meal. And you got to think like not, this was this was uh, the mid 90s. This was yeah. brand yeah. new technology. And Burger King was on the forefront. That's pretty killer. It is. It is. That you know, you get to go into it. Like internet cafes didn't exist back then. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is all, this is all fresh. Very cool. So you got it right. I'll tell you about the best thing that happened to me this week. Um, my my father in law has been has been ill. Um, he's he's recovering from a serious surgery, and um, the the doctors say that they are impressed with his recovery. They're impressed with his progress. Um, and of course, he's in the ICU. But today, I guess they sat him in a chair. He was wow. in a chair today. So big. Wow. That's big. And that's the that's the best thing is that he is uh, moving in the, the right direction. So. That's huge. That's amazing. I mean, you can't ask for something better, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, as you get older, like the stuff that becomes important to you changes. And mm-hmm. yeah. when, when you have, a, you know, I've, I had several family members that were that were ill uh, recently. And that becomes instantly, no question, the most important thing in the world. 100%. You know? 100%. Well, that's great news. And I've, I've heard similar things about when people have kids. I don't have kids, but... Um, I remember talking to um, uh, uh, Jonathan Burns, a mutual friend of ours, um, who he he said, I remember him talking about like when he had his first uh, daughter, about how all of a sudden that was just the most important thing, no question. That's just how it, how it was. Yeah, it's a yeah. weird thing. It's a weird like, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's funny. But yeah, it definitely. Well, that's why I said too, like my favorite moment was me, you know, Gigi hugging me when I got, when I get to the dressing room. You know? And was that within the last week that that could probably count for this? <laughs> Saturday was the run ended on Saturday. That was okay. a big week moment. It was the week before we were, did the, the tonight show, but, okay. but Saturday was a beautiful, it was bittersweet. It was a bittersweet day. Yeah. Um, Shout outs to Roe and Casper if they're watching from the Soho Playhouse. It was hard saying goodbye. I mean, Casper, he did all the sound and tech, and he was like just insane. Like it was just like he knew my show so well. Like we would do, we would have fun with every every show to just do the diff, different lighting tests and stuff, and it was really it was cool. But anyway, that was, you could have a, a Roe and Casper with you on the road. Uh, <laughs> how, how great would that be? Who knows? Who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've come to the last question. So far, you've gone two for four. Uh, this one is for all the marbles. So if you get this right, you're welcome back on the podcast anytime. If you get it wrong, you're banned for life. Damn, Michael. In fact, I may unfriend you on Facebook if you get it wrong. Crap. Here's your question. It's open-ended. It's not a multiple choice. The uh, question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Oh, um, Okay. Yeah, so best advice I've ever given was, well, here, let's see. I'll turn my camera. Can you see this case? Yes. Yeah, I'm looking at like an old steamer trunk. So this was a gift by Bill Irwin. I don't know if you know Bill Irwin. He was like uh, Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street. He was on, you know, he did so many slots 
of slapstick comedy in the 90s. Like I even- remember first seeing him on uh, an episode of The Cosby Show. Yes, that's a the greatest two and a half minutes. I used to watch that over and over again when I first got into magic. Like his, yeah. So he um, happened to live in Nyack, where we live, and he gifted this case to me that he used in his show. Like, you know, and, uh, and it was funny because you know how we are as performers. What's the first thing you do? It's like, let's get a picture. Like I'm standing inside there. He, he's holding me and I'm making a funny face, you know? And the first thing it's like Instagram, Facebook, you look at me, like I got this gift from Bill Irwin. Oh my gosh, I'm so amazing, you know? And, uh, and then there was this guy named Hamilton from New York City. His name, he owns a small theater and he, uh, we used to hire us to come out and perform. And he commented on the post and he said, Mario, that looks amazing. He said, but don't forget, life is not a race. It's a relay, you know? And he put that like that. And I was like, wow, that's heavy. You know, and I thought about that. And as I got older, I realized the importance of like every monumental thing that's ever happened in my life was based on something that I let go of, you know, along the way. Like every step is like, you know, and every step that was a gift to me was someone else letting go something of of themselves, you know, like, because when Bill Owen handed this case to me, he wasn't smiling when he drove away, you know? Yeah. He to let go of stuff because he was moving to Manhattan, you know? And so he had to let go of all this stuff. But in my brain, I wasn't there yet. I'm this stupid kid that's like, you know, want to brag about how awesome this is, which is good too. But now that I hold, now that I hold these cards after all these years, you know, yeah. I understand that this is just a season. And one day I'm going to give this to somebody maybe, right? And I'm going to be, and that kid's going to, you know, make me put a post or whoever it is. It could be even a family member or like yeah. a cousin, or, you know, but yeah. like that. Or like, like no? a magician friend of yours who has a podcast or something. <laughs> yes, you're too cool. But yeah, like that's kind of the thing I've been thinking about this week a lot is uh, the truth in that statement that life is not a race. It's a relay. And I think the more that we understand that the more we give, the more we get, I think the better we all are, you know, so well, that's yeah that is a correct answer so you are welcome back on the show anytime and uh god you've given me something i'm going to be scratching my head about all night thinking about that that's a a wonderful wonderful lesson and uh god i i know that our listeners right now are thinking about how that applies to them and i'm i'm thinking about it too so uh man that's awesome it's not a race it's a relay yeah it's heavy man because when we're younger we run not looking at anybody you know it's like we're just trying to get you know but like, you know, like just the idea of like that we have to, con- the more we pass that, you know, like, uh, you know, it's something I'm dealing with, like, you know, as I get older too, like, you know, we get older and, you know, but anyway, dude, yeah. this is so much fun being on. So much fun. I got so many wrong answers, but you know what? No, you got two wrong answers out of five. You're great. At the end. Yeah. When it mattered. You are clutch. That's too right. Right. I did pretty yeah. good. Yeah. You, you did amazing. Uh, <laughs> tell people where they can find you online. Yeah, uh, at Mario the Magician on, you know, all the socials and stuff. Uh, Mario the Maker Magician, if you Google. Um, uh, MarioTheMagician.com, yeah. Any of that. Awesome. Yeah, and, totally. and do yourself a favor. Go watch, um, if not his most recent uh, appearance on the, the Tonight Show. How cool is that to hear? You can watch his most recent appearance on the Tonight Show. Or, you know, just go watch some of the amazing videos that he's created with, with some of these incredible robotic creations. Uh, Mario, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Uh, Michael, such a big fan. So cool being on this. Thanks so much. That is all for this week. Thank you so much to Mario for being my guest, and thanks to you for listening. Here's the voice of a young Pusha T. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. 
To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Joshua Endress, Dallas Ray, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Jim and Joanne Martin, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, and the show's official Emperor, Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and all audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com slash Kent.